Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. The Houseman XP Podcast Network is taking you on the journey. Your host, Master Trainer Heath Hyatt, will combine his decades of experience as a houndsman and as a professional trainer that will light the path forward and make our packs lighter on this lifelong journey to become better hunters and houndsmen. There are no shortcuts, so lace up those boots and grab a dog leash. The journey begins now. I've been a member and supporter of Go Wild for over a year now. Man, how time flies. Their social media platform is for hunters by hunters. And if you followed me for any length of time, you know that I'm in the woods or on the water if I'm not working. And yes, some ask, do you work? Unfortunately, I do. It's a place that I post all of my trophies, no matter how big or small. Mine, mostly small. I get tips, tricks, tactics, and advice from people who eat, breathe, and sleep the outdoors. I log all of my outdoor adventures, including the time spent listening to the best podcast in the land, The Journey, hosted by no other than yours truly. So when I need anything outdoors, I just log on to the Go Wild store, pick out what I need, and that's anything from hunting, fishing, camping, optics, outdoor wear, and yes, hound supplies. I'm proud to partner up with the Go Wild team. So let's get your journey started today here on Go Wild. All right, we're recording live from the heart of the Appalachian Mountains. Actually, we have stole the infamous Forrest Red's carport. He don't even, well, we call him Forrest or White. White. White Herb. And if y'all come and hunt with us, you'll know why. And we have another one sitting across from us. It's got the same same kind of mentality. Yeah, he's a he's a shooter though. <laughs> Forrest shoots a lot. Fuzzy just kills him. Well, Forrest, uh, yeah, Fuzzy's a killer, and Forrest is a shooter. And when he goes to shoot, and everybody better get out of the way because you just don't know where it's going. <laughs> but anyway, so we're about uh, next week. We're at the end of our training season. Next week will be the end of it, and then we have the three-day, the early season. And our season will be over, and we'll have to wait out the deer hunters until December and try to get after it. So we're going to talk a little bit today about the training season, some ups and downs, some issues, some things that I've seen, especially with my pack um the food is scattered this year it's not you'll find a, a spot or two of it and then and it don't matter we've hunted a couple different mountain ranges and it's the same and then we've got one of our friends on from kentucky we got uh jerry barker on and this is his first time not with hounds because he's got a bunch of tri-colored holsteins and this is his first time bear hunting and we'll talk to him about his experience and get his perspective on a a first time or first Barry actually seen too so 
we was glad <coughs> glad that he could be a part of that so all right let's just dive into season it's uh oh it's been a headache for me i i don't think that i've had the I've not been able to hunt consistent enough to get my dogs in what I say running shape. Um, scheduling at work has been horrible. Uh, staffing is the issue. Can't um, you know, people people out on light duty and um, some of them's on FMLA for an extended period of time. And I mean we're just we're running a skeleton crew and it's tough to get off. So. I've been able to hunt a day or two here or you know I just this is our third day I've got to hunt three days in a row so Jerry and I just caught the dogs crossing over the top of the mountain and I mean they were gassed they I mean tongues hanging out uh, weren't, weren't too hard to pull off of it so I still think that my dogs aren't in shape at all unless you've not hardly you you and well no you and then fuzz has actually been a couple days and forrest has been a he's like bigfoot we hear about him but we never seen him <laughs> no? no no yeah <clears throat> but, but i want to follow up on the pups because i'm you know i've got two uh i give i give clater uh one of Allie. we got we got him started and she was she was start she was good and started she was starting all pretty good so we hooked him up with her so i'm down to two of the the pups um the last litter and wes has got one and um i know you've heard me talk about how ally attica attica last year had opened on those two bear tracks during kill season and you heard us talk about her giving that bit that really deep like ball well, that's completely changed this year. And I noticed it down in North Carolina back there in the spring with BB is she's back to that um, that chirpy kind of pitch bark. Um, so it took me a minute to, to adjust or figure that out. But what's actually going on with her is those those were booger barks before. Mm-hmm. Those were that, you know, that, oh, I don't know what this is. Um, compared to now, she's more comfortable. She's been on bear, so her her voice has completely changed, and it's normal. I mean, it's the same if she would be running a deer or whatever. Um, so that that's been a adjustment with her. Um, all my females come in heat. I mean, they've Maggie missed the first two weeks of season, which is the old female. Then Hart came in, and then Attica come in. You know, Kate's out of service, <clears throat> so all my females have missed, you know, three weeks or more of, of season, and here, like I said, we're here at the last end of it, so they have not been able to run or get in shape, um, and I guess that's the bad part about having females. I mean, Wes, your whole, your whole box is females. Yeah, yeah, I tend to, I tend to really carry a female myself, but that's definitely a downfall to that. I mean, it's always right in the middle of season. Yeah. And then, you know, Fuzzy, your protege, he, he carries some females. So, I don't know. Like I said, I like them, but that's the downfall of it. I, it's it's very frustrating to me because, like I said, they you know, here Attica's, they're 19 months old, and, I mean, she basically missed a whole, <laughs> whole month of season. Yeah. So, should be good to go. And then we had a hard race. Uh, like second or third day I had her back we had a 
uh, about a 16 mile blowout and um, I had to lay her up for a couple of days. Well, actually I had her up for five days before I took her back out. Um, she was just sore and you know I noticed that there wasn't no sense in hunting her because she wasn't going to be able to keep up so mm -hmm. hunted her did I have her Monday? No. Or Wednesday. No. I didn't have her. I had uh, I hunted um who did I hunt besides her? I don't know. But I didn't take her. And I didn't hunt her until yesterday. Yesterday's the first day I've had her back out. So, yeah, she was out a week for that. <clears throat> so. The journey on Houndsman XP has teamed up with one TDC. This dual action support for oral health and mobility in our dogs. This unique supplement is so effective that it is recommended by top veterinarian experts worldwide to maintain and improve our dog's health in four different areas. Their oral health, hips, joints, and muscles, skin, coat, energy, and recovery. Guys, I've been using this product for the last six months, and it has been a game changer for me. If you're looking for something to help with the overall health of your dog, go to worksowell.com and give this product a try. It is highly recommended by Houndsman XP here on The Journey. I've got, uh, yeah, I'll just break down my pack. So, you know, Spook and Kate and Maggie are kind of my lead dogs. Um, like I said, Kate's out of service. Maggie was out for the first couple weeks and I, I started rotating her and Spook. So I'd hunt her one day, Spook one day, her one day, Spook one day. That way I could, <clears throat> you know, take take her some of the more of the young dogs and not because I don't like to take over six so that's that's what I've taken and um so that's another problem without getting them in shape is they've not been hunted consistently and then I got Houdini and Hart which is the first uh the first litter out of Spook and Houdini's been giving me a fit this year like he's testing every patient that I have uh, he's babbling a little bit off the rig and I've, I'm trying to make sure that you know for you guys that, that have that problem I want to make sure that he's not opening on the track before the other dogs and it is babbling so I've been cautious of how I've handled that um, and usually when he starts opening the dogs pull to him and they go on so I'm still trying to, to process if it's a babble or he's got a little bit better nose and picking it up quicker. So I still haven't determined that. But he's went backwards several times on me. Didn't do that last year. He, you know, did that. They're, they're two and a half. So let me just put that in there. Two and a half. Went backwards three, four times on me this year. Um, didn't do that any last year. And he's definitely striking some trash on me. Um, in fact, we just come off the mountain and... We're coming down the road and me and jerry's talking and all of a sudden a big old bushy tail runs out in front of me and i'm like okay i slam my brakes on and let him out and like he went up over the hill you know barking so um before i could get him stopped <clears throat> it didn't take a whole lot to get him stopped but uh so i know that's an issue i mean i know he's striking coats it's just the way it is so tree to coon on me one morning they come around the hill to 200 yards and 
Spook come down in the road and looked at me like, well, you want me to do dad? And I'm like, I don't know. Just hang on a minute. And then they fell treed. Him and Hart fell treed. And I got up there and it was a coon. So just got them off the tree and come on back to the truck. And I think we went on around the mountain and ended up treeing, treeing one. We did. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so Houdini's giving me a, a fit. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to be too hard on him because he does good. He does good sometimes. And then sometimes he's pulling that, pulling that stuff. So Hart, like I said, just got her back. This is her second, maybe second week of running. Um, you know, she's lining out doing what she's supposed to do. Uh, one of the downfalls I see with her um, is that if she gets tied up in the middle of the pack or towards the back of the pack, she'll stay with them and don't try to catch the front. Um, if she's in the front, I mean, she's gone. Um, I'm not a fan of that. I don't like it. And I'm hoping with a little bit of age that that'll come come out off of it. And I hope that if I can get her down on a couple by herself where she's not dependent on anybody, um, that that's not an issue either. But I'm definitely seeing that. And I'm not a fan, but it is what it is. So we'll just keep working on it. And then Attica, yeah, Attica, she just come out of heat. So I just had her back a couple couple well two weeks her and her and heart come out at the same time and then i got rogue got this little little mixed up high tan looking dog guy from bb and um this spring when i was down at bb's or doug's you know we got him on a race or two and he'd go and got him back here and got him um get got him on some races and he was going and he was making races but he wouldn't tree and i don't remember me and hot rod and Greg maybe treed one one day, and um, he was back up the bank barking a little bit. So I tied him up where he could could um, could see what see it, and it was pretty high up in a tree. And he got to barking pretty good. And then um, a couple days later, maybe a week later, I don't remember exactly. Him, him, Maggie, and Houdini uh, took a bear by themselves, went over the top, got over on the north walked it way out the mountain and they were walking it you could tell because they kept, they'd stop and show treed and stop and show treed and then they'd turn and come back and when they come back they come back pretty close to where i was at and fell treed and when i topped the mountain started down 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 in the north i mean he was sitting in our calkin and i was pretty tickled with that but it's he could see that bear it was it was a good bear uh, we're gonna talk about that in just a second it was a good bear, and he could see it. Um, so if he can see it, he's treeing really well. Of course, now I'm telling his dog's 15, 16, 15, 16 months old. Um, the A letter's 19 months old. So we're, you know, Houdini and Hart's two and a half. So we're, to me, I mean, I don't know how y'all feel about it, get y'all's input, but to me, that them are young dogs. And there's been several days that I've only hunted those dogs that, you know the young dogs i've not taken the the older dogs um you like to be outside like i do hunting fishing hiking if so onyx is the app for you i've been a loyal onyx user for years it's the one app that i can honestly say i use daily while hunting i know where i'm at at all times i mark trails bedding areas feeding areas and the list goes on in my travels, I use it to pre-scout all the new places that I am blessed to hunt. 
last year while hiking Yellowstone, I used Onyx to map out the trails and know the difficulty of each one. And here's a secret. I mark all of my favorite fishing spots on Onyx. It's been a game changer for me at work. I've used it multiple times to get in touch with property owners. Onyx has so many great features and tools, you can literally use it in your everyday life. It is, by far, the best mapping app on the market. And hey, it's approved by yours truly at Houndsman XP. So when you go to subscribe to Onyx, use our code HXP20 and get you a discount. So get your journey started with Onyx and know where you stand. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of my that's where I wanted to go this this training season was you know as far as August went, I really wanted to try and put more time into her, and uh, you know I didn't hardly hunt much in August because of the heat, and you know worked busy, but uh, she's definitely on the right track. I, I don't really have any any faults with her right now. Uh, I know every dog has faults, but I've just got to figure them all out training season for me has been been slow again i'm kind of where i left off in december as far as dogs um i haven't been hunting old dogs i've been hunting i guess i've been carrying around four younger to, to middle-aged dogs but it's still a struggle bus for me so i mean i don't know i think i, I mean i'm not i'm not where i want to be at all um like i said if i if i have you know spook with me or maggie it it seems like it's a little easier and if i don't have them with me i mean i can you know well last week you know they split mm -hmm. you know spook took that one bear and they went right in behind him we're like man he's you know half a mile in front of him well he ended up bringing a bear across the road and i caught him and they ended up going on out the mountain and treeing their own so they're capable of doing it mm -hmm. um i just you I'd just, like it to be more consistent. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely helps with him. You know, if I, if I had a dog that way, I mean, you definitely feel more comfortable, you know, with your older dogs. But I think your young ones are just what they are. They're young, and they'll come around <clears throat> with opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping. So, yeah, that's kind of what uh, – that's kind of the breakdown of my pack. Um, so that's what I've got. And I, like I said, Kate's out. Oh, I've got to tell you about my new addition. And I, and you may have heard me talk about her before. Is I got a little, uh, little female from Carl McAllister and Chris. Um, uh, she's a little Walker female. She's seven months old right now, and I know you, I, I've talked about her before. I've turned my, I've tried my darndest to keep from hunting her because I don't like to hunt my dogs young. And I, you know, I take her a day or two. I take her a day, and then I. Um, you know, leave her at home, and I take her day, and I leave her at home. And about the second or third day, well, the second day I had her out, Spook, Spook bought a bear, bear across the road behind me, and I had her in a box, and I just turned her out to see. And um, I mean, she was gone. Like she, she was gone. She was right with him when we got to the tree. She was at the tree. She left. She's not staying treed, which is fine. I, as a part of it, I mean spook and them done the same thing when they were that age um and then she made another good race a couple days later and then the last the last um the last day um they um where am i hearing that 
Is that the radio? Will you go cut that down? Must be. So, yeah, so Sass, um, she made that a 16-mile trek with the other dogs that I was just telling you about. And when I caught the dogs crossing into an area we didn't want to get into, I mean, she was right behind the front two dogs. And this pup's, like I said, she's not, she just turned seven months old. Now, the downfall of that is, I was telling Jerry this morning that I'm pretty sure she broke her toe. Um, it swelled up. I gave her some, some medicine. It went down, but it's still a little bit swollen. And yesterday when I got to checking it and, like, putting some pressure on it, she, you know, she'd go to yelping. So mm -hmm. I know it's broke. I hope that is not a long-term effect for her, for sure, because, man, she can, I mean, she can motor. And I'm tickled to death with what I'm, I'm, I'm tickled with the progress that I feel like I'm, I'm going to have with her or the potential that I have with her. Yeah. So, and then I've got two five months old which i had one of, i had them with me saturday and i mean one of them went a, a, um, a little over a mile on a race yeah and i i didn't i mean i just took them with me i didn't really want them to do anything but i want to back up and talk about that because you guys have been watching bryce matthews on his um feed with he's doing that um he's imprinting the dogs on the track i've done all three of those dogs that way and sassy got up to where she was trailing like two and a half hour old tracks now this was back when the weather was 80 some degrees humidity was up around 78 to 84 percent humidity and you know she was taking those tracks and moving on and being able to work them up and and do them for you know five six hundred yards so i just stopped um and the, the other two puppies the five months old i did the same thing with them and i kind of stopped when they got to a certain point and I, I will tell you from what I've seen and the experience that I've had with these over this season, um, I, no issue. I mean, they're taking tracks. Mm. Like, they're taking them. Um, so, hopefully, if you guys are watching that and following Bryce, it definitely, I can see a benefit. And you big game guys, it may help more than the coon hunters. I know the coon hunters are kind of up in the air about, about it. Um, I get it because you want the dogs to get you a coon, get it treed, and move on to the next one. You don't want a dog, you know, trailing up the track two hours and falling treed. I get it. But you can tailor that program to fit your needs. Um, Bryce and I have talked about that quite a bit. So, <clears throat> but anyway. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can make it as fast or as long as you wanted to make it. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I mean, and that's what Bryce and I talked about is, you know, just don't don't be letting your dogs trail anything over 45 minutes or an hour. You, yeah. don't, you don't want them doing that. Do a two-hour track, you're going to run a two-hour track. Yeah. You know, do a 30-minute track and make it 500 yards long where they got to push it or, you know, half a mile or whatever you got, whatever you want to do. Everybody can, like I said, you can tailor it to your own needs. Uh, but I definitely have seen all three of those pups will take a track, and they're not, like I said, the oldest one's seven months old, and the other two are five months old. Yeah. So... I'm very pleased. I'm pleased with that. So, any any input on U.S. or Jerry? No, no. I'm just uh, just coasting along here, kind of riding the train. I'm getting to see some bear. We're getting on some good races. Uh, Heath and them are having to start them. We're just kind of finishing them. But uh, as far as training season goes, it's it's this last last few weeks here has been pretty good for us. But uh, I'm just not where I want to be dog wise. So. Man, I don't think we ever are. <laughs> I can tell you that. Like yeah. I'm not I'm nowhere near satisfied with what with what um I have. Jerry and I were having this conversation going up a mountain or 
riding around a minute ago. I don't know where, what part we was at, but um, maybe it was this morning. We were talking about ring, and it took it, it's taken me a long time to to realize some things with that dog. And I know we're going back, you know, 15 years because he's been dead since 2017. Um, so one of his one of his faults was one of his strengths. And I was listening to a podcast. I don't remember if it was, maybe it was Chris and him doing a point blank, or maybe it was um, Bryce's. I don't remember whose podcast it was, but they were talking about, you know, the dogs. And I got to really thinking about some of the dogs that I've had over the years um, that I would actually consider bear dogs. And, you know, Rings, to me, one of his huge faults was he had no comeback in him and if you were if you turned that scandal loose you was going to get him like he didn't come back and if you were free casting and you did not keep an eye on him he gone and he'd be the next mountain range over treed by a bear by himself and nothing was with him of course like jerry and i was just talking this was um you know we we didn't have the garments in you know we were running the old telemetry i was running a quick track I, you know, I couldn't afford a shocking collar. You know, Fielder gave me my first shocking collar that I ever had. And, um, you know, he was just gone. But in the same sense, um, when that dog struck off the truck, he'd go find it. If he got if he got an odor in his, in his nose, I don't care if it was 200 yards, 500 yards, 1,000 yards, he would go find it. And... As aggravated as I stayed at that dog for the the not coming back, it was one of the things that made him such a great dog. Is I could go behind people and rig tracks, and ended up tra- training a bear or finding a bear where their dogs weren't picking it up as far. I mean, it, that wasn't nothing bad or good, but I'm just saying that was his that was his ability that made him shine. And it was an, it was a thing that I absolutely hated about him. I right. hated chasing him around. That's not the only thing you hated about him. <laughs> well, he was junkier and all yeah, get yeah. out. And... The first two years with him were, were something else, and he's not he's not exaggerating about the dog. I mean, I had the pleasure of hunting with Ring when I was in high school then, but that's a dog that you you just can't find. Um, these people say they have bear dogs, you know. That definition could be pretty broad, but uh, there, there was I've never seen another dog like him. Bell and them, you know, they were, they did their fair share, but he was just a different, different mm-hmm. style. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he was a once in a lifetime dog, and I've, and I've had some decent dogs. I mean, you know, you asked me the other day, you know, I've had, I mean, I've had, I've had a handful or two of dogs who catch bear by themselves and, and do it consistently, but they were not him. Yep. You know, they were not him. You know, and Jerry and I was just talking about my blue dogs, and y'all have heard me say it before. You know, Bell and Clyde, and they call they called a pile of, pile of bear. And I mean, super nice trail dogs. Clyde has Clyde had his had the, the coldest nose of any dog that I've ever owned. Um, but it take them three hours to catch a bear, where it took Ring hour hour and a half at the most. And that's um, that's when there were no bear as well. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, just thinking about some things like that about weaknesses and strengths, and <laughs> like I said, it kind of. I kind of had an aha moment when I got to thinking about about that. His thing that aggravated me the most is what made him such a fantastic dog. Is like he'd go get them. So, and Jerry and I had that conversation um, Wednesday morning, 
you know you were asking me about um, do we just send the dogs in the woods or how do we how do we do it and you know i was explaining to him and I, everybody hunts different you know for me in my style like we right now we're rigging a lot of roads because of the um the time of year and then in the winter time after deer season and pressure gets to to moving game away from the roads and deeper into the woods i mean we're out we're walking so we're free casting which means i turn two or three dogs loose and just take off walking through the woods trying to find a bear track so anyway unless we got anything else to add to training season we'll move on yep let's do it all right so jerry tell us a little bit about you what you do where are you from and i know you got some 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 coon getters yeah uh i've coon all my life <clears throat> i can't even remember the first time we went you know just uh, my dad wasn't a coon hunter, but I remember, you know, being in the woods with his, some of his buddies, and I was just, you know, sitting on my dad's knee or something. But uh, got my first dogs when I was 11 years old. My uncle gave me a couple of blue ticks, and one of them was a pretty good dog. But uh, uh, then I got a Walker female, a little when I was about 15, and uh, she was the first, you know, really coon dog I guess I had, and, and uh, then I. I went all the way to uh, Columbus, Ohio, up in there somewhere, and got a, a Walker dog, about a five-year-old dog, and he was a pretty nice dog. Hunted him for a long time. He was silent, and and uh, he would go till he got trees. So uh, I didn't have any kind of tracking collar at that time, even a telemetry, you know. So I spent a lot of cold nights out chasing him around. So, uh, but you know, it's it's something that uh, I've always enjoyed being with hounds and and this you know being around this these bear dogs it ain't much difference uh, uh, seem like you know they got a lot of teamwork involved in catching a bear you know around here you got these you know these guys all work together to, to get one they you know they strike a strike a bear and they try to you know communicate and and uh, you know pack it get it get it up and moving and uh, keep it moving uh, now this is the I think was Wednesday was the first bear I'd seen up a tree so it's kind of been a you know a, something I want to do for a few years and and uh, I appreciate uh, you know Heath uh, let me tag along and putting up with me and give me a chance to learn something about it and it's uh, you know it's bear hunting culture down here and Virginia, West Virginia, Tennessee, and North Carolina. You know, it's uh, it's uh, it's very um, appealing to me, and uh, <laughs> you know, somehow, you know, I'd fit right in. I know I would. So, um, you know, just glad to be uh, glad to be here and and participate. So, I know your wife asked you the other day. She said, "Are we going to have to move to Virginia?" Yeah, she's she's <laughs> always worrying about country. So I've always got some kind of, you know, I've I've uh, you know. I bought a pair of mules and, and broke them to work and <laughs> and wound up, you know, breaking several and several big draft horses. And, and you know, I never did that when I was a kid. We had horses, but, you know, I think my dad had a, a little roan mare that we worked a little bit in the, in, in the you know, the woods some, but uh, never been around any kind of draft horses or draft. Of course, my grandpa's, you know, they had mules when the, that's what they farmed with when they started out, of course. And, and uh, but. You know, I don't know why, why I get some ideas in my head, but, uh, 
she knows about them all so <laughs> she kind of cringes i guess sometimes when i start talking about bear hunting so <laughs> i bet so so what what and i i didn't really even ask you this what was your expectation when you come down here um what was your expectation what what was the pre preconceived notion that you thought or what what did you expect to happen or what were you expecting this trip to be like well you know like i say i want i want to be under a bear tree and you know i've seen videos and, and all this you know all these dogs and uh uh but uh you know it's it ain't a whole lot different than what i expected you know because i you know i knew the bears run uh you know i got some some guys are in the same county there that uh we got a few bear in our county and uh you know they they chase them but uh uh you know i was, I guess they're, you know, a bear's a harder, lot harder tree, I guess, in the canyon. you got to push them a lot harder. But, uh, uh, you know, it's it's about what I expected. You know, there's the, the teamwork is, you know, that's that's impressed me a lot. You know, we're, you know, the guys got all the work together to, to you know, pack the bear and kind of, you know, protect the dog, keep them off the road. And, and uh, you know, everybody's, you know, works together as a team. So that's pretty impressive. <clears throat> so... Let's tell them. Let's just go through our three days and talk about it. And you know, our first day it was just you, 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 and me, and Wes. And um, we struck a bear, and dogs had to go a, quite a bit above the road to find it. I mean, we're talking probably 300 yards to pick it up, and um, they ended up going up and, and turning and coming back across the road uh, behind us. And guys, sorry about the traffic. We're outside. There's like, it's like a Daytona 500 out here today. But uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, we the bear come back across the road. No, it went over, and we, you and I went around, and they made a long, long loop into that valley, and went way up in the head of that valley, and come back, come back down towards the creek, and turn, come across the creek, into another little drainage. And then they come down that drainage into some flats, and they caught right there. Well, I told you, I said, mm -hmm. looks like you're going to tree. And, man, they circled around for just a second, and they were gone. And then they crossed back up, and Wes tried to cut them off, and he couldn't get around there fast enough. So you and I tried to get to the hard top before they did because we didn't, you know, we didn't want them hit. And we couldn't even beat them to the hard top. We had already got, we got to the hard top, and they'd already crossed, and uh was able to put um put another i put a, a trip down with um with spook and heart come across right after that and so we only had three dogs we caught the rest of the dogs coming through because they were so far behind um so we caught we caught the rest of them and uh they ended up you know crossing the creek and going across the ridge and into another valley and uh then started pulling the mountain and i'm like well we're going to west virginia aren't we <laughs> and they pulled all they pulled three quarters way up and treed right in the head of the holler before you top out and uh, i said man i said that's a couldn't tree in a worse place but we were pretty fortunate because there was an old logging road we could walk we walked into the logging road within 527 yards of them and then from there we had to bust a brush and we get in there and they retreat and you know that was your first one and a couple notes for me like so the the entire race was 11.3 miles that's how far the dogs went um 
and I think Jerry, being from Kentucky, should have been used to the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> but when we come across the top of the mountain to the hard top, I don't know if all four wheels touched the ground at all at all at the same time all the way down through there. <laughs> he was seat belted in. He had his crash helmet on. Was holding on to the old old crap handle. Yeah. And I said, you didn't realize you was going to be Dukes in it, did you? And he's like, well, I didn't know. <laughs> he talks to big game guys about this Chevrolet. It's, he was probably doing 22 max. <laughs> that's, about, that's about as fast as it'll go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's all, look out in the driveway here. Yeah. Is, is old Rusty. Yeah, and three Toyotas. And three toys. <laughs> I mean. Well, I still got my original transfer and, case and everything, you know. Well, when you get three hundred twenty-one thousand, <laughs> we'll talk about it. And Jerry, you didn't see them them trucks doing what we did, did you? I didn't see them trucks. Uh -uh, they couldn't even keep up with. Us. <laughs> there's a reason you couldn't see Jerry. There's a, there's a dust cloud behind us. Son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I can't bad math Toyota. That's what got me here. So. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I'm I gotta one. say, uh, Steve Filler warned me a little bit about your driving. So. <laughs> I had a little bit of expectations about that. So. Uh, yeah, you just gotta hang on. Um, <laughs> we were talking, we've come back. I mean, literally, I mean, if if this, I should have had this on GoPro. I mean, we're coming up, we're coming up the backside of the mountain. I mean, the truck sideways, sideways, we're around, and we're just sitting there having a conversation. I'm like, yeah, we drive these every day. I can tell you where the rocks are, and <laughs> I can tell you where the mud holes and. We come off that, and I said, "Yeah, this one mud hole down here, man, it'll take a frame out from your truck." So we slowed down, went around it, and back off to the races we went. <laughs> so I know that was exciting. I don't drive like an idiot all the time, but when the dogs get in the road, it, it literally scares me to death. And we didn't have enough people that day to get yep. to get down there. Wesley couldn't make it, and <clears throat> and I just could We just couldn't get off the mountain fast enough. But thank the Lord that. I'm pretty sure a car turned that bear too because yeah. it went to the road and then turned and paralleled for a couple hundred yards and then crossed, which is typically what happens. So, yeah, a mile and a half later, we um, pulled up to the tree and <clears throat> got some video. And I mean, it was, I mean, it was good. I, you know, that's just a part of it for me. And I feel pretty fortunate that we was able to catch that bear because the way it ran and, you know, went up, went up the mountain and not having, but. You know, a couple dogs on it. Yeah, we'd said it right then, or previous, you know, to them catching it. It's like, well, if they's going to catch it, they'd have done called it by now. But yeah, just got <clears> lucky. Yeah. And then uh, day two, yesterday, yeah, yesterday we uh, kind of did the same thing, and the, uh, they struck and went up. Did they go up yesterday? They did, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they, come yeah, back they down. struck above the road. Yeah, again. they think the other guy got turned them yesterday. Look at the yeah. cliffs. Yeah, that was, you know, that was something else. We struck right at a, like a 15-foot ledge, and it was probably, I don't know, what, 30 yards long, you know, and the dogs could not get up over it. So Spook finally was able to edge around it and get up, and um, by the time he went up there, and he was 200 yards above the road before he opened, and then the rest of the dogs finally got up and around it, but we lost communication on him. And the other dogs went up and made a turn and come back. And we tried to get back underneath them to see, to watch them cross. And the other, I mean, the whole pack was, was up tight. I mean, they were running good. They come down the mountain, crossed, went into a, to a creek, went around, pulled a, a high peak and went around through there. And still can't pick up Spook, but I can, me and Jerry's pulling around the mountain where we can hear him. Like, I, I can hear Spook, and I kept telling them, I'm like, I can hear Spook a lot better than I can hear those other dogs. I don't know if he's coming up or going down or what. 
So anyway, we just kind of kept up with the back dogs and Wesley and Hot Rod were down down on the hard top and Hot Rod hard at Wesley and he goes, hey, is that your dog, that pup that smells like spook barking? And Wesley's like, no. And he's about that time, he's like, he's in the road. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That, yeah. You know, you got to know Sam, guys. He, it's, it's a, it's an, I don't know what the word would be. You don't, when you see a bear in the road, when Sam's got one coming to the road, when he screams, you don't know what he said. You just got to know it's, <laughs> it's a bear. You can't ever make it out. Yeah. If he's screaming, it's a bear. Just go. Um, so anyway, but Spook had got in front of them. How far was the mother dog from the road? Four or five? Uh, almost 700. 700? Yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> I don't know what happened there. I don't know if that, where that ledge got them tied up. and Maybe I, it just didn't seem that long to us, but maybe it was. Um, but anyway, they all crossed out. And they packed them up and went over there a couple, four or 500 yards and treed. And we got into that tree. And a lot easier walking than the first day, for sure. Yes, cakewalk. I'd like to have had another one of those this morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and then that was yesterday, and I had to leave because I had to do some. I had to go to the range for work, so I had to bail out and go. That was early too. And then this morning, like I mean, it was a, I don't know, cluster all the way around. I don't. We were striking some striking bear, and dogs come down, and you can tell your version. I wasn't up there. Uh, I mean, I wasn't. I was down here. I don't. Yeah, I don't know, but. I don't, I don't know that they left out on anything, but they, they end up coming up with something. So, Yeah, and they, they there was three, was there four dogs that come to me? Yeah, I think three three came down and then three or four went over the top. So, it was, yeah, anyway, so we we were down at the bottom, and um, so Jerry and I started back up the road, the mountain road, and got up to where they usually cross. We were sitting there where the dogs come out in the road, and... One of Wesley's dogs did not. She turned and was parallel on the road, so we kept easing. Well, the other dogs went back to her and started following her. And and then the, I mean, Hot Rod was sitting up the hill and some other people. I don't, I don't know what happened there, but I feel like it was right. Yeah, I mean, she came out in between <clears throat> Garrett and myself, and then he pulled up and struck it and packed it, and now they're still out hunting dogs. Yeah, I'm not sure where they went. But, um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. Then... Then Jerry and I decided that we were going to go, go down and and check another area. So we went down and around, and the dog struck. And uh, I don't know. I I don't know what it was. I don't know. I haven't been having much problems with junk, but I didn't like the way it ran. Again, the dogs went backwards and turned and come back. Spook dropped off in the road and was kind of looking at me like, uh, "What do you want me to do?" And he went back to him. Well, they ended up going on out around the mountain, um, and we were able to get back on the top. And when they crawled, they literally, as soon as we topped to where they were at, they come right out in the road, and we ended up catching them all up. Um, and again, you know, a couple observations. I, I can't say it was or it wasn't. I didn't see it. I don't know. Um, dogs were really tired for for that race, and we looked at it because I reset my collars. It was 3.1 miles, which was nothing. Yeah, it's pretty much stayed on top the whole time. Yeah, not the side. So, but they were gassed, and we we called them up and just decided, hey, it's getting up in the day, and we're just gonna call it a day. So, and we come back down the road and seen the yote standing in the road, and I'm like, all right, here we go. So we put the dogs out just to check them. Had a couple that opened, couple that didn't, and so we're 
you know, every opportunity that I get to do that, and that's like I told Jerry Wednesday, I'm like, hey, we see a deer, I'm going to put these young dogs out on it just ch- just to check them. And, uh, yeah, that's that's something, I, you know, we talked about the other night, I just didn't do it. I believe you know, the problem I'm having with the dogs is they're striking dogs. And I need, you know, I need to get one of you guys to set set me up for it just to see. Well, why don't well, why don't we discuss that? Because I don't know that everybody understands, like what, and you and I have had this conversation several times. What is causing dogs to strike dogs? So for me, I'm not. I don't have a real confident starter dog. Um, so I kind of piggyback most of the time. So if Heath and him get something going, you know, we'll try to get up with them and you know finish it. Um, but in doing that. I feel like the dogs get so used to in their mind. Hey, I smell a dog. It's time to go play. Dad's gonna let me out. I'm gonna bark, and then there they go. It's not necessarily all the time the bear crossing. I think I'm striking dogs as well because of that right there. <clears throat> Just packing so much and so much, it's, it's creating a problem. Yeah. So you know, we I had this conversation. You and I have had this conversation. Um, you know, Robert Miller had it on a podcast here a couple weeks ago. We talked about environment and knowing scent. And, guys, I mean, this is just my two cents worth. Take it to leave it. You know, it is what it is. But I believe that, and I, I know this from, I see a lot of this in our canine training in the law enforcement world. When I'm running um, dope, the first couple of dogs really search an area really good. And after that third dog, dogs start keying off the other dogs and they go straight to the where the odor's at because they smell that that dog spent a lot of time there and they alert and it's done their search is is non-existent they're just cheating so this is what i think is that when the first couple of dogs run through on a bear then every time every dog that comes through after that running dogs is that odor is getting less and less and less and when you pack behind four, five, six dogs, basically the dogs are running dogs. Now they may be catching some bear odor in there. I'm not saying they're not, but in the in the big picture, if you're looking at the scent picture, and we could actually take a shot of that, I guarantee you the dog odor is overwhelming compared to the bear scent at that point. So if you are packing dogs constantly then your dogs are keying, they're cheating. They're keying off the other dogs. So Wesley and I have had this conversation. Um, we know how to fix it, or I know how to fix it. We're going to work on it. Just like he said, just, you know, get your dogs out, let them run in the road for a minute, pick them up, drive up the road, have him come in behind you if the dog's open, you know, tap, 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 and we're done. Um, because if you... If you guys are turning dogs out of the truck, whether you're rigging or whether you're turning them out of the box, um, if they're blowing up and that you turn them loose and they run around in circles in the road and they don't go nowhere, um, two things. Trash. It's either trash and they don't want to mess with it. Well, it's three things. Trash or they don't want to mess with it. They don't want to go find it. Or there have been other dogs or something in there. Um, And we know because the area that we hunt is heavily um, hunted and there there may have been somebody through here at five o'clock this morning that we didn't know about we see the tire tracks we know that that people have been through here so you have to be very cautious um so if you guys are training and you're having some of those issues maybe take a step back think about what we're talking about and evaluate it 
um, and, and see see if that's the same problem that you may or may not be having. I don't, I don't, maybe nobody has it. I don't know. But I know that we have several that have that issue that you can put the dogs off the truck to put them in the road. They run around circles, get back on the truck, and you move on. Um, and, again, that may be just them not wanting to go 400 yards up in the woods to find the odor. You know, I, I don't know. Or the dog's just saying, hey, I want down. I'm bark. If, I, if I bark, Dad's going to put me on the ground. Um, and dogs will do that. I mean, dogs are always going to do what's best for them and take advantage of what they can get by with. So just some thoughts there um, for me. What I, like I said, just seeing the odor work in my the work side of what I do and trying to translate that into the hunting side, I think it has a big part in it. Dogs are just cheating off other dogs. <clears throat> so, Jerry, what was your first bear experience? Like, what what was it like? I, mean, I know we kind of said it, but, you know, what... I mean, after you got to clean your britches from the driving... <laughs> <laughs> I, the drive wasn't that bad. I just... You know, as long as I've got a, something to hold on to, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, you know, I just, they pushed that bear. They drove it for like 11 miles, a little over 11 miles, and and uh, finally got treed, you know, and uh, we walk in there, and and uh, we find the bear, and uh, Heath pulls the, the dogs off, and I sit there, and, you know, I get a video of it coming down, and, and uh, you know, I the videos I've watched, you know, they've, they come down pretty quick and they get gone pretty quick but this one just kind of eased down real quick or real slowly and uh, when she got on the ground she wasn't sure where to go and she she, she was coming straight at me <laughs> and i thought man this is gonna be good i get you know i'll get a close-up and uh, but i guess she smelt me or something so she kind of looked at me for just a minute and then she kind of she never did really run off she just kind of eased off so i got a good video got some good memories there so uh, then the next morning, the next day, you know, we treat another one, and uh, you know, it's a lot easier to walk, not, not you know, just a cakewalk compared to the first day. So, uh, but uh, it was uh, maybe a little bit, a little bigger bear, and it was way up in the tree, and and uh, them them boys had packed it, so had a lot more dogs at the tree and stuff. So we just uh, kind of pulled ours off, and and one guy had some puppies there, so he played with the puppies that you know on the tree with it, so. It was a, uh, you know, good big time, you know, like something I'd really enjoy. I hope you're gonna do it again. Did you get excited, like for us, like, you know, hearing those dogs get caught or get treed is like, you know, so it's exciting. And, you know, I mean, I don't know how many bear I've seen over the years, two or three maybe, you know, I still, like everyone is different and it, you know, it gets my blood pumping. Yeah, I mean, if if you're a houndsman, you you know when they when you hear that locator and them dogs in there, you know, chopping away, then uh, you know it. Uh, you want to go see what they got, so you know it's. That's why Heath calls me shaky so much, and you know yeah. they hear the dogs, and I just kind of overdose on on dopamine, and yeah, it's, I mean, you it's know, a it's, thrill. it's like you boys talk about those dogs, you know, they get excited too, you know, so it's kind of like we are. So. Yeah, I I mean I. I mean, I love I love to hear the dogs treed and or caught. I mean, I like the running part too. I mean, I do, but it's that it's that ending that that I like. Um, you got some adrenaline there last year. That thing popped out of the hole, and you said it was a Volkswagen. <laughs> you were hollering and hooping. You know what? Let's talk about that. So, um, 
the DWR put out the uh, the ages of the bear kill last year, and like I'm highly disappointed in myself for taking a three year old bear. Um, that's not something I want to do. I don't care to do it. And of course, I had no idea that the bear was that young, but the amount of one year old bear in the kill stuff statistics last year is flat out astonishing and there was some older bear in there i mean most of your older bear was the sows you know there was i think i seen one 22 18 or some 17 some 13 you know i seen a lot of sows up with with age and you know when you get up probably past that you know that's something we probably talked to the biologist about what time when do they stop reproducing when is it okay to take a sow you know at that 15-year mark, 10-year mark, you know, especially a 20-year-old is definitely not going to be producing any cubs. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was astounded at the one-year-olds. Like, holy cow. And, you know, everybody's each to their own, do what they want. But if we keep keep taking one-year-old bear, then our population is going to decrease tremendously and twice as fast. you know, we've talked about it amongst our group. You know, we have our three-day early season coming up. And, I mean, we've caught two bear this year. Out of all the bear that we've caught, we've caught two bear that that are shoot a bull, but we probably ought to leave them. I mean, you know, they're just not they're not there yet. I mean, they're not that mature boar. Um, and, you know, we, we are going to try, our group is going to try super hard this year to not take any sales i mean i know that sometimes things happen and you don't know and you know even though you're looking at it and you think it's a a a boar i mean we've had that happen we've like yeah all right that's a boar that's a good bear take it and it'd be a 260 pound you know sow bear you know we've, we've had that happen but it's not on purpose i can tell you that and you've got several people evaluating it trying to figure it out and um make the right decisions but as far as we're concerned that's that is a goal for us this year is to be more cognizant of what we are harvesting um like i said early season and new season we don't i mean we didn't we didn't take a bear last year we didn't no. what would we we three? ran we ran several six yeah six or so didn't take one now um in the year before we treated nine and only t- took one that was jason's bear right up here yeah yeah so yeah, I mean we're 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 trying our hardest to do our part. Um, so, you know, hopefully others will will recognize what we're seeing and and you know do the same thing. So, I don't know. All right, y'all got anything to add? Take away? I don't. Yeah. Just uh, appreciate you guys letting me come do it with you. Well, yeah. Hope I, mean, I come back. Yeah. It's, uh, to me, you know, even coon hunting, just, it's all about the dogs. And and I can see you guys are, you know, the same. You're, you know, serious about the dogs. And that's uh, that's what it takes to, you know, to, to be uh, successful at this is, is good dogs. And and to me, that's, you know, that's what it's all about. So. I know one of the things we was coming off the mountain just a little while ago, and we were talking about our season. You know, we you you, you were surprised that we can only run two months. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to keep dogs financially. It's hard to keep dogs all year long to run for – we have three months. We have two two months of chase season and then a month of 
of uh, harvest and you know it's it's expensive um to to keep those dogs just to run for those three months and then you know i i set my odometer um, when season come in because i want to know how many miles that i've run and and guys like i said i'm not i didn't hunt i'm not hunting i didn't hunt as much this year as i did last year last year i pretty much hunted every i was off whole month september and i've already put 3200 miles on my truck and i mean you tank of gas tank of gas tank of i mean gas isn't cheap you know takes me an hour no matter where i go to hunt i'm about an hour away um so but it's it's a financial it, it's it's financially uh it's an obligation <laughs> yeah it's not a burden but yes it's an obligation yeah. and i you know we set things aside we don't do something so we have that gas money or that dog food or the the shots and stuff um but yeah if we could run you know four months of the year five months in, in august it's so hot like i mean you can run a day or two but you've got to be called up by nine ten o'clock i mean you have to be um of course you can run up to 10 o'clock but i mean I'll, i'm in bed by 8 30 when you get old like fuzzy there you got to get get your sleep <laughs> beauty uh, rest <clears throat> yeah i mean it is so but anyway well guys i appreciate the the, the sit down and going over a few things and jerry man it's been a blast like i mean you come back anytime you want to and we will We'll take you. I'll sure. be back. Yeah. Well, good. You're going to have to buy a place? I don't know about that. Fuzzy may be selling. There you go. There you go. I mean, we hear we hear some wedding bells in his future. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate him letting me stay there. It's a nice place. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Until the next time, thank you for helping us teach, train, and learn. 